1 Kings chapter 19 will be our scripture this morning. 1 Kings chapter 19. We're going to deal with verses 1 through 18, but we're only going to read verses 1 through 8 as an introduction to what we're going to be dealing with. 1 Kings chapter 19, beginning in verse number 1. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So may the gods do to me and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then he was afraid and he arose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he asked that he might die, saying, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. And he lay down and slept under a broom tree. And behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was at his head a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. And he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. And he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food forty days and forty nights to Horeb, the mount of God. I think you would all agree with me that today in our society, especially here in America, that there's a clamoring of voices that's trying to get our attention these voices that are trying to get our attention they come by means of loud commercials bold and bright lights catchy jingles celebrity endorsements you can't get away from them they're everywhere all of these voices clamoring for our attention and they all claim they have just what we need or what we want here's some examples there are always loud voices clamoring to tell you that you need that new car, that new truck. There are always that clamoring of voice that comes now that says you even need this better hamburger. This burger is better than that burger. Don't go there to eat that burger. Come here and eat this burger because this is a better burger. Everybody's got a better burger. But not everybody has a better burger. But the voices that are clamoring tell you that they do. And then there are the voices who are always clamoring to tell you that if you do this, you have a longer life. You'll be healthier. If you don't eat pork, if you don't eat beef, if you'll be a vegetarian, if you'll just eat fish, if you will eat all protein, if you leave off the carbs, if you leave off the sugars, if you'll just do all of this, you, you will live much longer and healthier. And if... Everything that I see on TV that they advertise that is to make you healthier and live longer, if all of that worked and I bought all of it and took all of it, I'd live to be 933 years old. Everything is better. Everything will heal you. Everything, and, and you just do this and you'll lose 50 pounds in one day's time without having to do anything. You don't have to exercise. You don't have to change your eating habits. You just do this, and you'll be okay. And they have models to show what you're going to look like. 
You're going to look just like this, Greg, when you do all of that. You're going to be one of them. I mean, these voices are clamoring, telling us that if we'll just do this, we'll have a longer and, and better life. And, and then those that are clamoring say, if you'll just read this book, you'll have peace with yourself. If you'll go to this mountaintop and study, you'll have peace with yourself. If you go over here and do this, you'll have peace with yourself, and you will not be troubled any longer. And then all of those voices clamoring about financial stability. If you'll just put your money here, I will multiply it and grow it. If you put it over here, we'll give you more money. If you do this, I guarantee you're going to make more money than you know what to do with. Just, just listen to my voice and just do what I'm saying to do. I mean, these voices are clamoring for our attention day in and day out. I mean, you can't get away from them on the TV, in newspapers, in magazines, and billboards when you go down the road. I mean, these electronic billboards now, they, they, they got it. And if you'll just do all of that, you're just going to be okay. Does your mind ever get overloaded with all of the voices clamoring trying to get your attention, trying to sell you something, trying to tell you what you need to do. I do. It's like I, I don't need to hear anymore. Just, that's enough. Just stop. Well, thankfully, in the middle of all of this clamoring is another voice. And it's a voice that doesn't use any gimmicks. There are no bright lights and flashy posters and no gimmicks of any kind. It's a voice that is not trying to take advantage of us, not trying to sell us something, not, not over-promising anything to us. It's a voice that has only our best interest at heart. It, it wants the very best for us. And this voice is the voice of God. And, and this voice, he often comes to us as a still, small voice. In the middle of all of the loudness, in the middle of all of the calamity, in the middle of everyone trying to sell us something and, and tell us something, here's that still, small voice. In the ESV, it says the sound of a low whisper. And you ask, how in the world can we hear that low whisper in the middle of all of the turmoil? Because that low whisper speaks to our heart and speaks to our spirit. The voice of God is the voice that we really need to hear. It's the voice of God that really speaks truth into our hearts. It's the voice of God that does for us what needs to be done. Now, there are many reasons that can be given for why God speaks to us. But in this passage of Scripture, in verses 1 through 18, there are three reasons that I want to pinpoint as to why God would speak to you and to me in today's society. The first reason I find in verses number 9 and verses 12 through 13, and it's to bring conviction. Look, look at verse 9. It says, There he came to a cave and lodged in it, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said unto him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He spoke to Elijah, asked him a question. And if you go, go down to verse 13, and he says, What are you doing here, Elijah? The voice of God came to Elijah, the prophet, and asked him a question, 
what are you doing here that brought conviction to his life I, I don't know about you but I need to be convicted from time to time that there are issues in my life that I need God to speak to me about there are issues in my life I, I need God to bring to my attention I, I need him to speak to my heart and say why are you doing this why are you doing that and do you know the reason that he, that God spoke to Elijah like this? In verse number 10, Elijah was having a pity party. Anybody ever had a pity party? Am I the only one that ever had a pity party? Yeah, I've had two or three pity parties in my, pity parties in my life. Man, try saying pity party quickly three or four times. I've had them. Listen to Elijah in verse 10. I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. Elijah is crying the blues. Elijah's like, I'm the only one, God. There's nobody else. He's in the middle of this pity party, and God comes to him and says, Why are you here? In other words, why are you living in such fear and discouragement? There is no reason for you to be living in such fear and discouragement. We need God to speak to us to convict us of that which we should not say, that which we should not do. We need him to convict us of what we should do and what we should say. We, we need God's convicting voice in our life on a regular basis. Especially when we get into that pity party and we think nobody else knows what I'm going through. Nobody else has ever been through what I'm going through. We need God to come and say, what are you doing here? Why are you acting like this? Why are you living this way? Why do you think this? Why are you so fearful? Why are you so discouraged? The voice of God comes to bring conviction. But there's a second reason in verse 15. The voice of God came to Elijah not just to convict him, but to commission him. Look in verse 15 what the Lord had to say to Elijah. And the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, you shall anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshai, you shall anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphath, and Abel, Meholah, you shall anoint to be prophet in your place. He said, go. He commissioned Elijah. Elijah was hiding. Elijah was in the middle of a pity party. The voice of God came to him and spoke to him and brought conviction to him. Now the voice of God is speaking to Elijah and giving him a commission to go. You can't stay here, Elijah. You can't stay in this cave. You can't run away and hide. You, you can't give up the fight. You can't quit. You, Elijah, just a few verses earlier before verse 1, Elijah had prayed down fire from heaven. Elijah had seen God do great and wonderful things and God has sent the fire from heaven down and licked up the, the sacrifice and the water and even the dust of the ground. And Elijah had then had all the prophets of Baal killed, like 450 prophets of Baal that they rounded up and, and they killed. And then one woman spoke out against him. And Elijah ran 
and hid and was going to stay out of the limelight and not be seen and visible again. And God says, you can't do that. Here is your commission. You are to go and return on your way. He's saying, Elijah, just do what I tell you to do. That, that's, that's the Kirkley translation. Just do what I told you to do. Do we ever need God to commission us to go? To go? And that go could be go on a mission trip. That go could be go next door. That go could be go to a family member. That go could be go to church. That, that go could be go, go to wherever. God commissions us to go. But we're, we're hiding in the cave like Elijah. When God comes to us and speaks to us and says, this is your commission. Now, we, we talk about commissioning often for pastors and missionaries and, and evangelists. That they're commissioned by God to go out and do these great and wonderful works. They're not the only ones that God commissions. God commissions every believer to be a servant, to live out their faith, and to share the gospel with others when they come in contact with them. We are to go because we have been commissioned. The voice of God came to convict Elijah. What are you doing here? Why are you so fearful? Why are you so discouraged? The, the voice of God came to commission Elijah. Elijah, get out of this cave and go. And, and go to this wilderness and go and, and anoint these individuals and, and lay your hands on them so that the power of God can work in them. But the voice of God also came to comfort him in verse 18. Remember, Elijah had been having a pity party. I'm the only one, God. There's no one other than me. Everyone else has turned against you and turned away from you and everyone else is doing their own thing and I'm the only one, God, who is actually doing something for you. Have you ever felt that way? I'm the only one. Nobody else is. I'm the only one in the church doing anything. I'm the only one in my home doing anything. I'm the only one where I work that's doing anything. I'm the only one. Nobody else is as good as I am. Nobody else is doing what I'm doing. Nobody else is putting their all into it like I am. I'm it. Without me, that business is gone. Without me, that church is gone. Without me, there ain't going to be nothing left because I'm the only one who's doing anything. That's what Elijah thought. That's what Elijah said. But then in verse 18, God says, Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, in every mouth that has not kissed him. God says basically to Elijah, You ain't by yourself. You are not alone. You're, you're not the only believer. You're not the only one serving me. You're not the only one who loves me. He says, there, there's going to be 7,000 others in Israel. You're not by yourself. 
He is bringing comfort to Elijah's heart. Reminding Elijah, there are other believers. He has brothers and sisters in Christ. He has those whom he can walk with and talk with and pray with and minister with. He has those whom he can fellowship with. God began by convicting Elijah. He then commissioned him to go, to return, and to do his bidding. Now he's given him comfort. Elijah, you are not by yourself. Well, if God indeed speaks to us in his still small voice, or as the ESV says, in a low whisper, what are the ways that he does this? How does God speak to me and to you today? Well, number one, through Scripture. When I pick my Bible up in the morning to start reading and to do my devotions, I pray, God, help me to understand what I read and how it applies to me. And as I'm reading, there's a still, small voice speaking to me about what I'm reading so that I can better understand what it is. But not just through Scripture, but through prayer. And that's basically what I'm doing. I'm praying when I start reading the Scripture that God, you would help me to understand, help me to comprehend, help, help me to see the, the truth in this verse or this chapter that I need. Not that you need, but that, that I need. And so through that Scripture reading and through the praying his still small voice, that low whisper speaks to me. But sometimes it's through music. God can speak to us through hymns, praise and worship. God, God can speak to us through any music form that he wants to. And how many times have you been down and out and blue and nobody loves me and nobody cares for me and the world is going to hell in a handbasket and everything is bad and and all of a sudden you hear an old hymn or a praise and worship song and it, it resonates with you and all of a sudden it's like that still small voice speaks and says, it's okay. You're, you're okay. And through preaching, hopefully, as I'm preaching, hopefully as you listen to other preachers preach, the still small voice of God speaks to your heart about the message. I know for me that through the years of listening to other preachers preach that God has spoken to my heart and re revealed to me things that were not right in my life. He's also revealed to me what his will was for me. He has also brought comfort to me as I've listened to other preachers preach. And so that, that, that low whisper, that still small voice, often comes to us as we're listening to God's men proclaim the word of God. And then the Holy Spirit. And, and with the Holy Spirit, you really, you don't have to have Scripture. You, you don't have to pray. You don't have to have music. And you don't have to be listening to preaching. The Holy Spirit can just come to you wherever you are and speak to you if you're a believer. Now, all... The, the, the scripture, the prayer, the music, the preaching, I'm not taking away from any of that. 
I'm just saying that the Holy Spirit of God can blow through our lives whenever he wants to, wherever we are, whatever we are doing or not doing, and he can speak to us in that still, small voice. I remember 18 years ago when I'd gone through my first major bout of depression, I was back at work at the office, and I'd gone for lunch that day. I'd, I'd gone down to the grapevine or the peach blossom or somewhere. And, and I was returning back to the office, driving up Highway 9. And the sun was shining bright, and the sky was blue. And, and I remember vividly as I looked at, at God's creation, my eyes were just filled with tears the Holy Spirit of God was speaking to me. I was not listening to any preaching. I was not listening to any music. I was not reading. I was not praying. I, 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 nothing. Just me in my truck looking at His creation and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And I just cried like a baby. There's nothing like the voice of God. He... he works through the Holy Spirit of God. In summary, what have I said today? The voice of God is the anchor in the storm and he is the light in the darkness. With all the clamoring of voices, whether it's TV or radio or internet or neighbors or family or friends, whatever, there's a still, small voice that speaks to the believer. It says, I'm here. I'm with you. And we continue on. May we never let the world drown out that still, small voice of God. Would you stand with me, please?